The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I am back in the seat after a much-needed day off. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, It was a rough one on Saturday. It was about an 18-hour day, or Sunday, rather. It's all running together. It was an 18-hour day, and then I had to be back up at the star. So, Kelsey, thank you for sitting in the host seat and glad to be back. And I am refreshed. I'm prepped. I've got some interesting news and nuggets for y'all. Um, and I also want to welcome in Jazz. We also have a female producer who I'm a huge Ooh. fan of. So Jazz, throughout the show, I might ask you to chime in too. So just a heads up. She's incredible and Jazzy. amazing in every single way. We love yes. Jazz. All right. We love Jazzy Jazz. All right. So Dak Prescott with a successful surgery on Monday, as reported earlier this week. The timeline has shifted from six to eight weeks to a much more optimistic four to six weeks. Ladies, Mike McCarthy saying the goal is to get him back involved in practice since they decided against an IR designation. But the first stage is this eight to 10 days of healing up, depending on how he feels. And as he's been described, he's the heart and soul of the team. McCarthy would like to have him on the headsets the same way that we've seen in the past. Guys like Tyron Smith, Leighton mm-hmm. Van Der Esch in the past. Uh, the Cowboys have averaged nearly 10 fewer points and 100 fewer total yards per game in games without Prescott in the Mike McCarthy era. That's fun. All right, so moving forward, Cooper Rush, your starter, and a few thoughts in the locker room today about Rush from Zach Martin. Uh, I don't Scoop's been here a long time. He's a very smart guy. knows exactly what's going on. Uh, but there's always kind of that, like, I wonder how he'll do in a, in a game. And uh, I think he kind of showed that last year in the Minnesota game, came in, did a great job, got a win. And um, so I think everyone's got all the confidence in the world in him. I know, I know Dak's got all the confidence in the world in him. So um, the nice thing is Coop, Coop's very locked into what's going on. He, he's a very smart guy. So um, there's really no difference there as far as that goes. All right, yeah, he said he spreads the confidence throughout the huddle, and that's a big thing. Uh, so here's a Zeke. I, I, I enjoyed Zeke's very emphatic take on Coop uh, today when we asked him about Cooper Rush. I mean, I've been around Coop for a long time, so he came in a year after me. I think one year he wasn't here. Um, but, I mean, I, I've been around Coop a lot. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. So, you know, personally, I know Coop knows his <laughs> I know he's, he's on top of his offense. I know he knows it uh, inside out. Um, maybe not as well as Dak, but, you know, very well. Um, and so, I mean, we, we all got a lot of confidence in Coop. I don't know if the fans or myself have as much confidence as Zach Martin and Ezekiel Elliott are selling to us. They all say a lot of this has to do with his performance on the road when they picked up a win in Minneapolis. But, guys, that's when you had a guy like Lyle Collins on the offensive line. Yeah. That's when you had Tyron Smith. That's when you had Amari Cooper, who raised his hand and said he wanted the ball. Aisha, we'll start with you. Are you as confident <laughs> in Cooper Rush as the guys in the locker room were today when we asked about it? I'm not going to say I'm – I think it, it sounds like what they're confident on is maybe just the playbook. like him Because they, they refer to him knowing like just as much as Dak or almost as much as Dak. And I'm going to assume that that is – the football side of it and the language and in the playbook. But as far as him as a player, I 
I said what I said yesterday and I meant it is that I think I think that yeah that you do have the fact that he has the experience there but at the same time I look at what's going to be the difference in the delivery of the ball um, just how fast the ball comes out just his process and things like that and I'm not I have never really been particularly like over <laughs> overexcited about Cooper Rush. However, I do think that Kellen Moore has the opportunity to put him in good positions uh, with running the ball and opening up things for him um, offensively to help him out. And that's what Mike said today. They've got to open up the playbook for him. Uh, Jess, your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm actually, I we keep hearing about this game against the Vikings. I'm over I, it. I haven't actually looked at the stats from that game until right now. I'm just sweeping through them and you know, it doesn't look bad. But like you said, it was a much different team last year. So the Cowboys last time, you know, Cooper Rush was was in that position, had a total yardage of 419, 341 passing yards, uh, 78 rushing yards. And I mean, they did. They looked good. And Cooper Rush himself, going back to those, he had, let's see, uh, 40 attempts with the ball, completed 24 of them. He had a total of 325 yards and two touchdowns, one interception. So not a bad game for a backup, but also... And Mike Zimmer lost his job after that season. Yeah. That's how good the Vikings were. Right. I was about to say, not, not a bad game, but... Also, not a bad game for a backup quarterback that had the O-line that they had last year. So uh, my confidence level in, in Coop is as is, uh, is high as it can be with what he has around him because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that it's just Coop that could be the reason that the team doesn't win, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many different factors, and, and we saw that. It, it goes back to play calling. It goes back to wide receivers being you know open, catching balls, fundamental football. That was like my favorite phrase from yesterday. It goes back to – are they going to fix the things that cost them the game? Penalties. Here yeah, we go. My favorite thing to come back to. Are It's not necessarily Cooper Rush that I don't think uh, the fan base has, doesn't have the confidence in. I think it's just the offense as a whole right now. Mm-hmm. And then you, you take Dak out, and that confidence level drops automatically, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter who it is. If it's Cooper Rush, if it's, if it's Will Greer, no matter who is in that QB2 position, your confidence level is just not going to be the same as your QB1. So... Going in, I'm I'm not uh, uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm trying to uh, yes. be optimistic here, Kelsey. These are two quarterbacks though that are on your roster now that you're expected to get you through. I think it's I don't think it's going to be four games. I think we're pushing the, the yeah. five six week window yeah. at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had you told us this week you had a very similar surgery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but these are two quarterbacks who passed the waivers. There was no respect for them even as backups. For any right. for thirty one other teams in the league, I think that's what concerns me. And you've you've got plenty of tape on Cooper Rush, mm-hmm. so if another <laughs> team was interested in picking him up, he was there for your taking, and they didn't. So I also like to put to bed. I know we had talked about Jimmy G being one of those names. Mm. I had gotten some random text today. This is how it works on my phone. A random text <laughs> today that uh, the Cowboys were going after Jimmy G, and there were picks involved. And I was like, not a chance. But not I did my due it. diligence. And I can confirm, talking to multiple sources, Dallas did not even pick up the phone on Jimmy G. So there's that. And that's not surprising by any means. No, but Kelsey, your thoughts on on Cooper, who is getting pushed by Will Greer in camp. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think there's, we have to think about the fact that on paper, this is a guy who's had one career NFL start. He was a Jason Garrett guy. Let's not forget. Mm -hmm. I mean, he comes in a year after Zeke. He actually has a brief stint in New York when Jason Garrett goes up there. 
how many times did we talk about people not respecting what Jason Garrett's putting on the table as an OC than as a head coach and, again, as an OC over in New York? So I just, for me, I definitely think that this is nothing against Cooper Rush, but there's going to be a significant drop-up drop off, excuse me. And I, I think one of the things that as Cowboys fans and people that have been around the team for a minute could definitely acknowledge is that we've been spoiled over here, you know, in, in star city, if you will, our backup quarterback situation, when you have guys like who have literally been career starters in the league, you've got the Kyle Orton's, you've got the Matt Castles, you've got, you know, Sanchez, who's literally coaching these guys up say what you will about each of them. They may not have been the caliber of an Aaron Rodgers, but they still were leading offenses for a significant amount of time. So yes, I am concerned. And I think it's a really big task to ask Cooper rush to carry this team through. I mean, a quarter, dare I say almost a half of the season. Well, and I think the other concern I have is, is even when Dak was healthy, how anemic this offense looked and felt yeah. that they didn't it's seem to get anything it. going. And so, you know, you had Dak throwing in a tight windows. There seemed to be uh, s- some miscues out there. And how is that going to get better with a guy like Cooper Rush? I mean, I guess the silver lining is he got some work in, in the preseason, something that Dak didn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that the one silver lining that we look for? It's going to so. be an all-around effort here. Yeah. When you lose a guy like yeah. a Dak Prescott, everybody got to come on with it. So that means the receivers got to finish their routes. That means they have to block through their routes. That means everyone is flying off the line, and it's a 100% effort. So I'm not – you're, you're going to have to have some heart going forward. This team is going to have to dig, dig deep to make up for the loss of their quarterback. I'm not saying it's not possible because, again – it, it would appear that you somewhat have a run game out here in these streets. And obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Bucks. hey, say what you want to say. The Bucks D-line ain't no sleeper. Mm-hmm. And they did, granted, they went away from it at some point in time. But you, you do have some success there, and that's going to help any quarterback, any quarterback. And it's weird because when you look at a quarterback like uh, Cooper Rush, I would expect for them to – it seems like he's not afraid. When he got in there, he just started, you know, he's not afraid to kind of, you know, throw the ball down the field and stuff like that. So maybe you do get a little bit of goodness from recklessness at times. I don't know. And Well, <laughs> and, and so I love that you brought up the run game. Uh, I think the key against the Bengals is this commitment to the run game. You know, Zeke said that over and over today, and mm-hmm. he said his 10 touches were simply not enough. Uh, I agree. But you're going up against the Bengals, who have the seventh rushing D in the league. Mm-hmm. Let's again look at Ezekiel Elliott's line against Tampa Bay Bucks. He led the Cowboys with 10 carries, 52 rushing yards in week one. Tony Pollard had six carries for eight rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott has not had 100 plus rushing yards. Y'all are going to find this was actually a little shocking to me since week five mm-hmm. in 2021 versus the Giants. Yeah. 13 no. straight game, 13 straight games, Kelsey, under 100 rushing yards. This has been the longest in his career. And when I look at the what they were able to do against the Steelers and Najee Harris, they gave up 267 yards. Uh, so uh, look, maybe there's an opportunity. Najee Harris or not Najee Harris, rather was only able to get 23 yards and a touchdown. So that's what concerns me when we talk mm-hmm. about this commitment to the run again. It didn't necessarily work against the Bucks. I don't, you know, even though we saw him get his 53 yard or his 52 rushing yards, I, I'll be interested to see how this works because this is a very stingy defense when I, we talk Bengals. And I think a lot of it, too, is 
we we have no way of knowing if Zeke could have surpassed that 100-yard mark because he only got 10 touches during this game. And when you look back, and, and I, I watched some of the film, Aisha, <laughs> with you in mind, I don't know how you watched the whole game, was not able to, to be that strong, if you will. But, um, you know, when you look, Zeke was doing – he wasn't doing bad. He's averaging, what, 5.2 yards a carry? That tells me feed the man more. Keep giving him the ball. It, was, it wasn't Zeke that – didn't get the run going it was the play calling that gave up and didn't establish the run or allow him to continue to establish the run even going into the second quarter mm-hmm. I, I mean and then the second half of the game the run was basically non-existent it was it, it wasn't there at all right and and uh you know I think Cowboys fans got kind of what they wanted when when they got Tony Pollard getting in and mm-hmm. you know here's the thing Tony mm-hmm. Pollard in the pass pro also non-existent when you, when you look back at things. And it, it's it's hard because with a guy like Zeke, you have to give him that time to establish the run. You can't just say, hey, have the ball 10 times and you're going to have a 100-yard game. That's not how that's not how it works. And, well, and I know. love that you brought that up because that's something that we've talked about around here is Zeke is more successful when you're constantly feeding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the importance of feeding him, keeping him, you know, uh, in, the, in the game. But – you know, he and I kind of talked off to the side. It's tough when you're also getting all these substitutions on your offensive line, right? Right. I mean, when you lost Connor McGovern, that, you know, you're already – I mean, even talking to Zach Martin today, I, I said, is it hard for you as an elder statesman Uh-oh. to sort of look Bless around you. and go, wow, I'm, I'm the only true anchor on this offensive line? And he said, even when he has bad days, he typically looks to Dak to sort of bring him up. And he said, <clears throat> when I asked him this question, he said, I've had to come to work more prepared bring the energy mm. every day. He feels the responsibility to get these other guys, you know, lined up. It's just there were so many question marks about the offensive line, the wide receiver group, and even your depth at quarterback, and it is all coming back to bite them yeah. to start the season. I, th- I think that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I'm just looking back again. I know we're talking about the game upcoming, but, you know, this team tried to run the ball 16 times. That's half of the amount of times that Tampa Bay is doing exactly that. The only other guy on the field that had more in terms of production-wise average was Fournette, which we knew that was going to happen. You kind of had to give that to him to be able to shut down the receivers. That's so that's yeah. a loss I'm willing to take. So I guess, I mean, I, I know we've talked about this. It's just alarming. Like, you saw it during the game. It was working. You see it on paper. It was working. Like, what? I normally like to say these guys are above my pay grade and they're the ones making the decisions for a reason, but I'm just curious. Like, I'm, I'm struggling to find the logic here. I think you're struggling to find the logic, Kelsey, because it feels like the same thing over and over and over. In other words, we've talked about a lot of these things last year and it doesn't feel like there's been much yeah. room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Aisha? No, I – so with the, with the run game, it's going to be important. We talked about the penalties and stuff. It's going to be important for them to uh, stay, stay, you know – not to get behind the sticks because that's also the reason why they had to go away from the run because when mm. you're in second and 10 and then second and 15, you have to pass the ball. It, And we talked about it. It just seemed like <laughs> some other people had some stuff to say about it. It was, it was predictable. It, it, they, people kind of knew what was going on. Definitely. So I'm hoping um, it's it's so interesting because there it keeps happening to where it's on – it really is on the coordinator, the offensive coordinator to – to figure this out yeah like it's the off also the offensive line coach 
not leaving Joe Philbin out of this. <laughs> like, they're going to have to come together, have some conversations, and say, how can we help get these guys open? How can we have plays that allow this quarterback to be comfortable and get in the rhythm? And that's boots, waggles, little stuff to help him. I know he's not that mobile, but we have to get this defense. You got to get them on the move. You got to get them moving, misdirection, stuff like that, because they – they're smart players. They're instinctive players. The Cincinnati Bengals are not I, – I can't believe I'm saying this, but this defense is not – looking at the tape, they are stingy. They didn't want to give up much last week. And their front seven their front seven tackles very well. So, And they've got a guy on their roster by the name of Cheeto Awuzie who knows we this were, offense We remember him very well. Jane, we oh. well. you didn't have to take it there. Yeah, oh, man. we remember that very well. I think um, – <laughs> I think also, too, uh, time of possession is going to be very important in yeah. this game. Uh, this defense, for what they did, you know, last on Sunday, they did what they could, you know, being on the field as much as they did. If I'm not mistaken, the difference in the, the second quarter was insane. It was it was almost like a 10-minute difference, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. And Do you know what helps with that? Do you guys know what helps with that? <laughs> We talked about running the ball without penalties. Uh, no yes. penalties? Uh, Do yeah, I have I mean, to get like, started again? Do I have to remind not everybody to repeat the magic myself, number? But to repeat myself. I want to see matchups. I want to see how the Cowboys go at matchups in this game. So, like where are their weaknesses at? Let's attack that. Because if you look at the Bucks game, they knew that the weakest side, I guess, of the Cowboys' defensive line was opposite of Tank. And yeah. they ran away from that whole side that whole time. It was running down the, <laughs> running down the left side to Dorrance Armstrong into Anthony Barr. Leighton Van Der Esch had a hard time getting off blocks. It was – and Trayvon Diggs, loving him, love him the pieces, but he's going to have to come up and make tackles. You can tell that teams are seeing on tape that he's not getting in, in there. And granted, this is not all his fault. Guy shouldn't be getting to that level. He shouldn't be having to be dealing with the linemen or anything like that, climbing on them. However, the linebackers are going to have to play better in this game. So we're talking <laughs> about time of possession, too. I'm just going back looking at these stats. The Bucks had the ball for 32 minutes and 42 seconds. Mm -hmm. the, and this, you know, the Cowboys had it 27 minutes and 18 seconds. And a lot of that, I'm telling you, that second quarter, I thought I was seeing things when I looked at time of possession. The Cowboys defense was on the field almost the whole time. And well, that's why the fourth quarter they were gassed, gassed and they were tired. fatigued. And tired. can you blame them? They played basically that entire second half of mm -hmm. the game. And it, it was noticeable. It was it was noticeable when they were fatigued, but I keep saying 19 points to hold the Bucks to 19 points like they did. They even fatigued. They were still playing well enough to do that. I still want my run defense to be better. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick little break here because when we come back, I do want to talk about. You know, I know that you've been studying the tape, Aisha, and we've been talking about the lack of separation. Tracking. Uh, we've also been talking about the predictability of this offense. So I was able to sit down with Simi Fioko, CD Talks tomorrow. Great. Because I just wanted to gather his thoughts. So I've got a little bit of a locker room interview for you. And when we talk about defense holding, uh, this was a. Bengals defense that endured five turnovers <laughs> that's going to be a tough defense to go against with a backup quarterback all right this is the girls talk boys talk podcast brought to you by jigsaw dating the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys we'll be right back at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. That's what I like. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's talk the wide, rece- wide receiver woes. And I love, Aisha, that you've been looking at a lot of the tape. You've brought up the fact that you've noticed that they've had a really hard time, particularly in this first game, with a lack of separation. And because CD talks tomorrow, I found Simi Fioko at his locker, and I asked him some of these questions. And I even asked him about, and Zeke for that matter, about the comments from linebacker Devin White, who said that this <laughs> offense was running something, a lot of things that they saw in week one against them, and he felt it was fairly predictable. There's been a lot of talk this week about the wide receiver room and the lack of separation. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't really look into that. You know, I see the guys. We we see us out of practice. We create separation, and it's part of the job. And you know, I don't I don't really put too much thought into that. I think we're great players. So, what were you guys seeing on the film? Was it was the coverage directed a certain way, or is there ways that you guys can? Get a get a better sense of the game. Yeah, you know, I think I think they came out and, and you know obviously played a great game, but I think they gave us everything that we expected them to, to give us. Um, we knew they were going to come out three deep. We knew they were going to try to you know single cover. We knew they tried to probably bracket CD. So um, they gave us everything that we thought that they were going to see. So I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. We got to come down and, and just make the catches, make the plays. How do you guys help out CD a little bit out there? What was that? How do you guys help CD out a little bit out there? I think just being making sure that we run the right routes and, and get in the right place, pull the coverage when we do. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we're obviously this week we're dialing up a lot of, a lot more plays for CD. Um, so just being able to just run our routes and be consistent. Right. Thank you. 
All right, so what exactly did Devin White have to say about this offense? If you haven't heard it, it sounds very similar to Vic Fangio in his blueprint comments. Last year we learned that they went, they really wasn't going to commit to the run game. And, you know, the runs that they did, they was, you know, going to try to get outside and not run into the interior. But most of the running game was quick game. You know, a lot of curls, a lot of hitches, you know, a lot of slants and stuff. So we kind of knew that going in, so we was able to attack it. Ouch. All right, so they're going up against the ninth-ranked passing defense in the league this week. This is a defense that held uh, the Steelers to 13 points until that field goal, and they endured five turnovers. So I ask you guys, can CD step up despite the uh, efficiency on less than 20% of his targets? Fun fact, that's the fewest catches by a wide receiver with 10-plus targets in a game since Chris Godwin. You'd have to go all the way back to Week 14, 2018 versus New Orleans when Chris Godwin only had one reception. Aisha, talk on it. I feel like it's a mixture of, with the receivers, it's a mixture of a lot of things <laughs> that went wrong um, in this game. Like, when you look at the tape, there were a couple times that the receivers looked like Personally, they looked like maybe they weren't finishing their route completely. Maybe they knew the ball wasn't coming to them. There were a couple times where it looked like Dak was coming out of his drops. He expected for a guy to be there. He wasn't there. Obviously, there you know you saw the play with um, Noah Brown where you want him to sit in that zone, and he kept going. It's just a mixture of things that you would expect from a young receiver core. But as far as C.D. Lamb, um, when we talk about accountability, you definitely got to – we got to do that there, and um, him being a leader on this team, his body language is gonna be. It has to be better. He has to respond better to these moments. But on the opposite opposite side, whoever that two receiver is is going to have to perform to take some of the stress off of C.D. Lamb because just like they said, they're gonna bracket. They're just. I mean, it's easy. They're just going to continue to bracket over him if no one else can step up in that regard. If they're only giving them like Dalton Schultz over the middle of the field, so. I and this is me. I I'm very vocal about the fact that I'm a Jalen Tolbert stand out here, and yeah, um, he wasn't active. Yep. And I and this is just me personally. I, I understand that Dennis Houston has worked his way up here. All respect to him as an undrafted free agent, but looking at Jalen Tolbert coming out of college, one of the things that stood out to me was the route running. Was that he could create separation at the school he was at. He was kind of the main guy. So. And the last time you saw Jalen Tolbert, he was in practice, and he had a fantastic practice. And so I'm going off of the last thing I saw. I don't know what they are seeing, but I see this guy can create separation on his own. I absolutely know that. And so it's really, it was really kind of weird to me that he was inactive, and I wonder if that is something that they look into this week because you have to start. You got to start looking at your options. You yeah. can't you can't sit on it and be like, oh no, we're gonna go with the same guys. That didn't work last week. Let's try something different. And I did think, I miss something? Oh, sorry, keep going. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dad, did I miss something as to why he was he wasn't on the field? Like, why was he inactive? I mean, I guess I'm confused because I feel like. We've been using this logic, and granted, I know first rounders are way different than third rounders, but third rounders is a pretty is a pretty solid draft pick, and, and that's got some draft capital. So why are we not prioritizing getting even that guy Jaylen, on the field? And yeah. you want to talk about Dennis Houston and the connection that Dak has, and that's maybe is the reason why he's you know he was taken. He had prime snaps. He had some important, but Jalen Tolbert was in Florida. With mm -hmm. Dak. Like, he yeah. worked with him all offseason. They have chemistry, too. Jalen so and he talked him. in the draft. He picked that he, was yes. Dak literally gave feedback that this is one of the guys that they wanted. We kept hearing about this connection. So, so I'm wondering, I would like— It's if, very curious. I would like to know what is going on with Jalen Tolbert that they don't feel as though he 
can go. I, I know the Cavante Turpin thing maybe changed I, things. Well, and I think what they said when we sort of asked about it is, is maybe they gave him too much too soon. Mm. But still, you picked him as your third round pick, and yeah. you're going with an right. undrafted free agent. And do you yeah. think? Do you guys think that maybe the fact that Michael Gallup is coming up? Is is trying and maybe plays into why they're maybe like maybe let's slow play this guy a little bit more. It shouldn't. It's a great question. And well, r- real quick too. I mean, I guess the good news is, well, they won't say Michael Gallup is playing on Sunday, and I still don't have reason to believe that he is. I was told he was doing a lot more group stuff today, tracking. Yeah. So maybe that's a good thing. I do think it is interesting that Michael Gallup, you know, who knows Cheeto so well, I was told in the locker room <laughs> that. Michael has been coaching up these young wide receivers because Cheeto's a good friend of his mm-hmm. yeah. about how to play him. That's dope. But when you're talking about predictable offenses and a guy who has intimate knowledge yeah. of it, that concerns you a little bit. A yeah. little bit. A, a lot of it, especially after last week. And, you know, we're, we're talking about um, Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, my my question is, where was he? Why wasn't he on the active roster? Because, uh, again, and we can even go back to – the uh, offense really not trying anything new. What about Cavante Turpin? Why wasn't at one point, I know he's a special teams guy. We all mm-hmm. know that, but why wasn't he at least thrown in there at some point to try to see what he had at wide receiver? Because at that point, <laughs> what we had was not even what the Cowboys were working with wasn't working. So what is Cavante Turpin? If you, if you try to throw him in there, if, if that's who your final spot went to as compared to Jalen Tolbert, I mean, why not at that it, point? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for that this week. I'm looking for that. I, yeah. I'm looking for what's going to happen there this week because, like I said, all respect to Dennis Houston, but Jalen Tolbert is a route runner. He is. He has a lot of things he has to refine. But coming out of college, that is what I was most impressed with is the fact that he seemed like he had good field awareness situation. Like his feet, he got the comp to Michael Gallup. A lot of people comp him to Michael Gallup. So it's or Randall Cobb or like. So you'd think that he would be used in the absence of and it's, Michael Gallup. Yes. And especially when you're talking about when we're talking about separation and stuff, I'm like, I saw him getting separation on Trayvon Diggs in practice. I mean, Dak went to him like four times in that practice. And, consecutively and there was nothing anyone can do and there was something that I also noticed he does play different with Dak in the preseason he struggled he he struggled there were a couple things that I did not like I saw from him but I do think that the chemistry between them maybe played a role into why he's he's that comfortable with him so I'm looking for who's gonna be what's gonna happen with that wide receiver three spot uh this week because you're gonna have to get guys out there that can get open on their own they just need a wide receiver one at this point, Aisha. If, I mean, I think that's what's yeah. – and, and even as Mike McCarthy said that he essentially doesn't call out his players in the media, he and Jerry Jones sort of did this week. They said that this is his reality, that th- this is part of the challenge of being – you're going to get double teamed. I mean, when you're the wide receiver when – when you are the number one guy and you're going to be that guy, you've got to step up. And yeah, I just – I think what's concerning to me is we saw some of this in camp. It's not right. like they weren't aware of this. Yeah. I guess for me, like what I'm, I keep on going back to, I just, it, I, I keep saying this jokingly, but I, I mean it. Make it make sense because, <laughs> you know, this is a guy where he was, he hasn't been a number one receiver yet. And people have that hope for him. You gave him the number, but the number isn't going to make him be someone who he's not, or at least yeah. not yet. And I guess, you know, when, when he's trying to transition into that number one role, who are you giving him as a compliment to be able to not just have teams scheme against him and him only, right? Mm-hmm. Like eliminate CD and that's it. I guess 
they, it's, I just feel like they're not doing a great job of setting them up for success. And we've talked a lot about like a quarterback going on the field and Tom Brady can make the players around him great. Dak Prescott, that's the expectation for him as well, especially now that he's been paid. But now that he's not on the field and you have a guy like Cooper Rush, it's kind of you, the tables turn a little bit, and now it's almost on on the the comp, like complimentary players to try to make your quarterback great because you know he's obviously not a starter. And I just don't know if this team has the tenure to be able to do that quite yet. Well, I mean, it's like when you had Des here. At least you had Bryce Butler. You yeah. had Cole Beasley. You had these other complimentary options. I just I'm not seeing that right now. It has to be. So, and we talked about it yesterday. It has to be. They're gonna have to earn it. Yeah. I, I just got have a little curious respect. to refresh my mind of, of what Jalen Tolbert was doing out in Oxnard. Every video you scroll, you search Jalen Tolbert on, on Twitter. Touchdown, in the end zone, six for Jalen Tolbert, burning the defense. I mean, everything you're doing. Who did he piss off? Uh, he showed, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, wonder if it, it's, I wonder if it's more just all of the information they gave him. Because I remember they said that earlier. They were like, He's getting all this information and he's taking it in well. Like he's taking it in well. And then he had the he had a little bit of an injury that kept him out for a little bit. And then I think once he came back, it was him getting back in the groove of things. But like I said, last thing I saw from him, he looked good. And so I have some questions about why he wasn't on the field. Um, and I do want to talk. Like I do want to talk about what the um, what the Bengals do well defensively and how maybe we can replicate that. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to a break because when we get back, I do want to talk about uh, obviously two players you have to be concerned about as we look towards Sunday, and that is, of course, Jamar Chase, who has met up with Trayvon Diggs once. We'll explain how that went. And then Joe Burrow, how important Micah Parsons is going to be in keeping him uh, off kilter the same way we saw Micah Parsons constantly and consistently in Tom Brady's face. All that and more coming up. But first, the Girls Talk Boys Talk podcast is brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. 
What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's talk shutting down Jamar Chase. Uh, Fun fact, Jamar Chase and Trayvon Diggs have faced off only once, and that was in their college football career. You'd have to go all the way back to November 9th, 2019, when LSU defeated Alabama 46-41. Hell of a game. Chase caught a 33-yard touchdown with Diggs in coverage. That was the only touchdown allowed by Diggs in coverage his entire senior year. Now, against Pittsburgh last week, Chase had zero deep targets. That's 20-plus air yards in week one. He was third in the NFL with 537 deep receiving yards to rookie in 2021. Keep in mind that the Cowboys defense has eight interceptions on deep passes since 2021, tied for the most with Buffalo. So this is when you need Diggs to step up. Like I said, we got to breeze through this segment. Uh, your confidence level in Trayvon Diggs versus Jamar Chase, Aisha, after what we saw from Diggs last week. Um, so I thought he was I thought he was pretty good in coverage. He did give up that insane what Julio touch, Jones yeah, grab. insane yeah. Julio Jones yeah. grab that of course it has to be vintage Julio on right. that day. Yeah. But um other than that I felt like he played he played pretty well in coverage. I this matchup is gonna be fantastic because I think that Jamar Chase is not he's he's he has speed, absolutely, but he's still a kind of a bigger receiver and those are the guys that Trayvon Diggs likes to battle with. He's talked about it in his interviews. He likes being physical. Is big on big, I guess, to him. So um, definitely interested in the matchup. I, you're, the D-line's going to have to get pressure. Mm. The D-line's going to have to get pressure. They're, they're going to have to take advantage of uh, the left tackle, right tackle for the, <laughs> for the Bengals. Um, so that's what I want to see. Uh, the DTs in the um, Bucks game for the Cowboys, I didn't think – played super duper duper well so I want to see them play well get you know get some pressure up the middle because Joe uh Joe Burrow will fumble the ball and it looks like he yeah. will throw it away he's a, he's terrified back there and let, let's go ahead and exploit that so our guys can get some turnovers <laughs> Jess you listened to a little bit of the Bucks sound this week what was your impression of Joe Burrow heading into this game his confidence level yeah so I was listening to kind of what Zach Taylor head coach Zach Taylor was saying uh after you know after the game but it's okay Jane we got you but hey you know what it was interesting to hear the accountability on his end for you know the mistakes he made as a coach it was just a very different feel within that press conference and something that he had mentioned uh they you know they're obviously going back in last week's game and this is similar to what we're doing talking about you know last week's game but um he was asked about the Cowboys Jazzy do we have that sound if not that's totally okay 
Yeah, we don't have time for it. Unfortunately, oh, we're going well, to like, move through he this basically, segment. He basically says that the defense is something to keep an eye on. And, and that, to me, tells me they're honing in on that and that there's the monsters on the defense. So, if anything, yeah, Joey B better watch it because mm. uh, he's the perfect person, I think, for the defense to exploit and get their confidence back up. Kels? Yep. I mean, I'm with you guys. I think Trayvon Diggs, he's going to be the guy that matches up with the number one on the other side. So, you're going to inevitably be giving up some chunk plays occasionally. It's going to happen. He plays aggressively. But at the end of the day, I'll take it. I think he has a good chance to shut him down. It's going to be a good challenge for him all around. All right. Go to the leaky left side, Micah. The left side of the Bengals offensive line struggled in week one. Left tackle Jonah Williams and their rookie left guard Cordell Volson tying for the league's third most pressures allowed. And it was Parsons who spent 32% of his game against the Bucks on that left side. All right. Real quick, we're going to cut to a break. Uh, and then we come back. One of my favorite segments, the past. Oh, you don't need to do another break. That's amazing, Jazz. That just makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> Jazz chiming in here. Uh, quick past interference for us. Um, yeah, the, the past interference. Uh, let's see. Let me go back to my notes. I thought I'm scrambling <laughs> over here. But you know what? Something I did want to mention was the first time and the last time that these teams had played. Uh, the last time that they played was back in 2020. They did win that game. So I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic here in saying uh you know maybe something keep in mind the cowboys did win that game let's see i'm trying to pull it up they... well, real quick we'll just go ahead and go pop ahead. over to tweets of yep. the day for you okay cool pop yeah so way. my tweet is from the foots the king on twitter um he said if you want to beat sensei you better tackle jamar chase in space tacklers just fall off of him um you heard dan quinn talk about how the cowboys uh tackled and how they played in space. It sounds like he wants them to make some improvements there. So that's a, that's something I'm looking for in this game. The Cowboys don't have – they're a tackling team. So I was uh, <laughs> a little disappointed in how the lack of rally to the ball. So let's see how they, they tackle this game because they're going to have to. These guys have yak ability. How right. about just this troll uh, thing that I saw on Instagram, guys? Uh-oh. You'll find this – entertaining i mean this week has just been Rough. just gold Rough. the dallas cowboys are the gen x of the nfl they haven't completely fallen apart yet but the only good time in their lives are the mid 90s it's time no! to go it's time ouch. to go ouch. ouch ouch my heart all right well i appreciated uh, all the insights in the show and you guys letting me take a break i'm also off tomorrow so kelsey charles will be back in the hosting seat uh, but we will break down a little bit more about the importance of Parsons uh, against Joe Burrow because I do think he's going to be another key this week to shutting them down. And uh, I think they showed us against Pittsburgh that they can be beat, but can they do it with Cooper Rush? Mm. Stay tuned. Mm. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!